0: Another edition of Imagine Publicity on Air. This is your host, Delilah, from ImaginePublicity.com. We're a social media management company that, on occasion, brings together the socially conscious and the media. I always look forward to bringing listeners information, and I, I love having guests who are personally knowledgeable about a topic. And today, I'm doing something a little bit different than the usual interviews that we do with authors or issue-driven advocates. I'm talking with an average U.S. citizen about the ramifications of the Affordable Care Act. Just a few years short of medical or Medicare eligibility, my guest, Debbie Hodges, has been put into a position along with, you know, a lot of you that are listening and a lot of other Americans to we're either going to go in debt to pay for health insurance coverage, we're going to pay it either through the ACA, private insurance, or we're going to go uninsured and pay the penalty. We're going to go into her personal challenges both physically, financially, and discuss how she has run out of options and we're just going to get down and dirty into the subject and I want to and uh, welcome you Debbie to Imagine Publicity on Air. Let's let's just open this can of worms and get down to it and uh figure it out if we can. Well, hi Delilah. Thank you so
1: much for having me on. I certainly appreciate it. I've um you know trying to be an advocate here for those people that are opting out like myself and It's hard to get started um, in doing that. I mean, with the Affordable Care Act being not affordable for me and certain other people, I decided to take a stance and keep writing the paper about different things over and over again when they'd have something come up about the Affordable Care Act or bring up some kind of knowledge to them, uh, whether it's statistics, whether it's um, prescription reviews, whatever. Whether well, we might companies.
0: let listeners know that you recently did an interview with the Virginian pilot in Virginia Beach and made front page news with it, and there were other people other than yourself that were interviewed for that, so it's not like you're the Lone Ranger out there. No, that's very true. I mean, I just happen to be somebody
1: who is um, ill, and these other people were relatively healthy, and and, you know, it's hurting them. I mean, for example, um, one of the Virginia Beach residents, his premium went from 416 to 541 He did sign up for the January premium, then decided to drop the policy, and he figures, heck, I'll pay the 1200 to $1,500 penalty come 2017. And it's the first time he's gone without insurance in 25 years. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, it's easier to pay the penalty or his exact words.
0: Well, before we go too far, um can you can you give our listeners a brief background on your specific health challenges? I mean, you can go into what you want to and and not go into what you don't want to, but you know, how long have you been dealing with these health challenges and what does the future look like um from a medical perspective?
1: Well, first off, let me say I contracted um a rare disease, but it's not uncommon. <laughs> called Idiopathic Acute Transverse Myelitis in 1997, where I was left paralyzed, and um, by the grace of God, I mean, most people with my condition do not recover um, from a wheelchair. I was able to um, walk again with several deficits um, through a lot of IV steroids and a mix of cocktails and all that other good jazz, which as time went on, Um, it took a toll on my body. If anybody knows who's been on um, massive doses of steroids, it does tend to break down your bones. So with with that said, um, Johns Hopkins, and I'm not doing a plug for Johns Hopkins Hospital, they are the number one hospital in the entire world for uh, transverse myelitis. And with my neck um, breaking because of the massive steroids. Um, I had to go into Johns Hopkins as of 2013 and have a bracket inserted in my neck and a bone graft holding my neck up. Um, it's just one of the issues of how my disease degenerates over the time period, whether it's my neck, now it's my back, whether it's my knee. Um, you know, it, it's, it's taken a toll. Um, it makes it very difficult for me to have a full-time job because of these issues and, um, you know, extreme IBS related to the TM. Um, and so, therefore, I've applied for Social Security Disability, and I've been denied saying that my disease is not um, not something that they feel that I can't go to work on, um, which obviously, given what I have to pay or would have to pay for health insurance, um, having a full-time job, wouldn't even pay for that. So... Well,
0: you know, I mean, for the many years that you went through um, getting IVs, steroids, and everything surrounding recovering from this disease, I mean, did you have good health insurance at the time? How was how were the bills paid? I'm, I'm sure that you know, going through everything that you did, the medical bills were astronomical, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And by here again by the grace of God, um I work for a wonderful, wonderful company who kept me on board when I had this um disease come up and and they were just wonderful to me. And they when I when I was able to start back to work, They kept me on board. They worked with me through my disability, which I don't think another company in the world would have done. Um, But these two private gentlemen that own the company, and I'll say it for the record, the Lapmans, Norman, and Stanley, were extremely extremely just caring and loving with me and knew that I did a good job for the company. And um, in return, whatever I had to give them, I gave them back um, during my tenure, and um, I had great insurance through them.
0: Well, after, I mean, I, did you retire from this company and, and retain your benefits? Or after you left that company, did you have private insurance?
1: Um, yes, after, I, yes, what happened was is I um, was got married during the time I was employed. And so I was on the company's insurance and then my husband's insurance. And so I was double covered, so to speak. So when I retired from the job, well, actually, the company ended up being sold, and the previous buyer bankrupted it. Um, We were all left without um, employment, and I was able to be on, I was already on my husband's health insurance, so then it took care of everything for me.
0: So up until last year or the year before, you were, you know, pretty well doing okay as far as coverage for your insurance, and, you know, to to keep on going to doctors and to keep on repairing things so to speak, that resulted um from this particular disease but after after all of that, where were you financially last year or the year before?
1: Well, let me take a deep breath through my um divorce my insurance my hus- my former husband paid for part of my Insurance And then there came a time where I had to go to the Affordable Care Act. And I did sign up for it. I did have an insurance agent that I worked with. I did look on my own through the ACA website to find out what would be the best policy for me. And unfortunately, because of all the doctor's visits that I have, um, I mean, because one thing leads to another, whether it's the colon, the bladder, the brain, the eyes, you know, all this is – The arthritis, all this is related to TM. It's not just, okay, I've got one medical issue with TM. I've got several medical issues with TM that we tried to pick out the best plan that would cover me the most um, being sick. And we thought we found it, but nonetheless, even with my first year on ACA, I got to tell you, I took a hard hit. I was not prepared. Um to pay the sixty five hundred dollars even then that I would have to pay now, I did not know that my prescription coverage that I had to pay I thought it was just gonna be okay like normal all right, so here's my prescription. I'm just gonna pay the deductible, the ten fifteen thirty fifty dollar um payment, but no. Part of the new a c a was you had to pay your whole prescription until you met your deductible, so I was left i mean literally bankrupt paying uh four twenty nine ninety five for um twenty five eighty nine dollars two seventy eight three forty five you name it a month plus having to pay all my doctor bills out front So I met the sixty five hundred dollars. And that was a lot of money that I did not expect to pay out, and that's something that nobody ever tells you. The right. website doesn't tell you, your insurance agent really doesn't tell you. But she did. She did warn me a little bit that there would be some things, but it it was just like an, a realistic nightmare to me. I felt like, uh, gosh, Alice in Wonderland. Where did everything go?
0: Well, and I'm sure just you know like most of us that that maybe have. Prescriptions that are covered or were covered by different health insurance policies, we had really no idea how much those prescriptions actually cost the person who didn't have the coverage would that would that be relatable to you oh absolutely, absolutely. So, for instance, um, you know, I just from my own experience in taking care of a cancer patient, um, I was just blown away by the fact that one particular drug that was prescribed for her was four thousand dollars a month. But on the other hand, I could get a bottle of oxycotton for under twenty, and. I don't, which she did need, you know. It, it wasn't something that she didn't need, but the discrepancy there, when you have a drug that is, you know, supposedly able to help the situation, possibly cure the disease, who knows? And then on the other hand, you have a narcotic pain reliever, which is necessary as well, but the disparity in the cost of them is just unbelievable. Oh,
1: I agree with you, Delilah, totally and what makes it even worse now i've just gotten into the tip of the iceberg on pharmaceutical research um and it's blowing me away to be quite honest with you for example one of the drugs is um keppra xr that i take keppra xr through my rx price that i was paying a deductible for last year was 410.95 okay Mm-hmm. Now, through the Northwest Pharmacy in Canada, that same drug is thirty nine, thirty nine. So, I went from paying four hundred ten dollars and ninety five cents to thirty nine dollars
0: and thirty nine cents. What's
1: what's the problem here?
0: Oh, exactly. And you know, just for the benefit of listeners out there who may be in a similar situation, how how are you able to buy drugs? From Canada or other countries.
1: Okay, what you need to do is you need to have your doctor write a prescription for you. Now he has to write a prescription that's pretty well legible, and we both know that doctors don't write very legible. But you want to get the right thing, so make sure that your prescription is legible. If you can't read it, have him rewrite it um, so you can. And then you fax it into whichever pharmacy you choose to go with. And it takes about three to four weeks to receive the medicine. So if it's something that you need right away, I would suggest seeing at your pharmacy, which I did, they were kind enough to, because I still had prescriptions on file with them, they were able to like give me 20 pills of what I might need it and prorated it. Now, I don't know if all pharmacies are the same. I've been with my pharmacy a long time and they're very very we're very loyal to each other so i think they did it just i don't know if they did it just for me i don't know if other pharmacies will do that for people but i was fortunate that they did it for me
0: until my canadian drugs came in right well so it's it's not like a ton of paperwork that a patient would have to do. I mean, it's it's not like smuggling through the borders or anything like that. It's basically you get the prescription and you can fill it in any pharmacy that you like throughout the world? Correct. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. As a matter of fact, let me bring us
1: something up that's really interesting. I decided with Keppra uh, XR, for example, to ask my pharmacy how much it would cost, they said, "Well, you know, I was paying insurance premiums of four ten ninety five last year. That's what I paid out of pocket a month for that drug. When I could have got that's what you paid out of the,
0: pocket. How much did the insurance company cover for you? Added on to that four hundred? Nothing. Nothing. That's my point. Oh, they whole didn't point. cover it at all. I see.
1: No, no, they didn't. That went towards my sixty five hundred dollar deductible." Okay. So I, the, so the drugs that I, you know, that are in the hundreds of dollars, I had to pay the actual price for. Now, who expects to? I mean, four hundred and ten dollars and ninety five cents is a car payment, Delilah.
0: Oh, absolutely, and that's just one drug.
1: That's just one drug. I know. I I couldn't even go out with my friends for lunch in a movie because I didn't have any money. I was embarrassed to say. Um, I'm I'm kind of broke because of my drugs. You know, finally this year I came out just clean and said I want to be an advocate. I just can't stand this anymore. I, I want everybody to know I'm in a class that's hurting. I'm in a I'm in a class like other people that are just hurting here, that are spending money and getting zero.
0: Well, I th- I think it, you're right. There's a whole class of and I'm men and women. It's not just women. There are men and women who, you know, don't really have the ability or don't make the kind of money that they used to. They have run into situations in life. Life happened and it took money from their 401ks or their retirement plans. It wasn't that they didn't plan right, because they did. They planned right. But when a medical situation similar to yours comes along and you don't have enough insurance or you don't have the correct insurance there goes anything you saved and I think there are a lot of people out there throughout the country who are in the same situation just not not rich enough to be able to afford it, not poor enough to get you know resources from the government and where do you go? You're kind of in that limbo situation where you you get nothing
1: no you're exactly right you get nothing and it doesn't matter you're right whether it's a man or a woman um somebody young somebody impoverished i mean you get absolutely nothing i i grew up on the belief of um, doing right in society, teaching my children to do the right thing. If you get a ticket, you pay for it. If This this is the first time that I feel like I'm doing an injustice to my country by being disrespectful and not choosing this plan. I mean, I feel like I've done something wrong
0: here. How did you come to that decision to just say, okay, I'm going to go uninsured, I'm going to pay the penalty, and what's going to happen?
1: I mean, to be honest with you, Delilah, I mean, my heart's breaking because of my illness. I I really am concerned that um, being without some of my meds, because I can't afford to be on the 11 meds I I, currently was taking. I'm trying to play my own doctor advocate here, to be honest with you, because I've had the disease long enough to know what works for me and what doesn't and what combination, um, which I shouldn't be playing doctor for myself, but I am. Um, to pick and choose what drugs to be on and continue to be on that i can afford going forward and really it's an affordability thing i cannot i don't care whether it was 450 dollars 458 dollars last year that i paid or the 726 dollars are asking me to pay this year bottom line is last year it near bankrupt me because i had to pay the 400, 300, 200, 400 dollars out every month to be on medicine to make that 6500 dollar goal that i have to do this year and i said no, i'm not doing it. I want to go out, i want to live my life. I want to be able to go to lunch and a movie with my friends. I want to i want to have a life. I don't want to be just stuck in my house you know, crying and trying to figure out ways I'm going to afford this or what I need to sell next or the jewelry I need to pawn and then maybe never get back. I mean, it was to that point. And I'm sure there are not just, I mean, everybody out there in America is in the same boat as me in whatever income class out there selling, selling things that they have no right selling that they hope to pass on to family members going forward. You know, I was literally reduced to doing
0: that. Right. Well, and and it, how how do you speak to those people who who are you know they're out there. They're going to come back and say, well, you know, she could she should sell her house. She should sell her car. She should do this. And and the truth of the matter is, it may come down to that. If there is an emergency medical situation that you're going to run into, what are you going to do?
1: Ah, uh, you know that's a good question. I have not even how could I say this? I haven't even wanted to go there and imagine that um, because, like I said before, like you said, Delilah, we, back in the day, we had our 401Ks, we had this, we had that, we planned we, for a retirement. That doesn't exist anymore because everything's been taken away from us through the Affordable Care Act or non-Affordable Care Act, should I say, and I don't know until I have that situation faced with me. Um, I still have had a few things more I could sell off um, if I have to and if I get gravely ill. But then again, I've chosen, um, to be quite honest with you, to be DNR. And so therefore, hopefully, I would never be in a long-term assisted living facility and my medical bills in the hospital wouldn't be traumatic or being placed on anybody's hardship because of the DNR.
0: Right, and you know, we were talking about a uh, show that Dateline did. I think it was last week. Um, that was very eye-opening about people in Western Virginia, and you know, and, and it's not just located there. There's it's everywhere. It's not, but they've showcased this situation out there. Um, they had a couple of nurse practitioners who had a broken-down Winnebago. <laughs> And they're going from town to town and seeing patients who, who believe it or not, are too poor to afford the Affordable Care Act. They don't even have the money to pay the discounted rates that are, are out there for them. So how do you speak to that? You know, if, if that was the premise for the Affordable Care Act, to help the people who are truly poor and truly needy, to be able to have health insurance, and it's not working for them. They, they're they not getting it either.
1: No, and um, I'm sorry to correct you, um, Delilah, but it was 60 Minutes last Sunday. Ah, um, 60 Minutes. It was it a was 60 Minutes show, and yes, I did watch that, and um, quite frankly, it broke my heart, and at the end of it, um, I was shedding tears because I don't want to give it away, um, and I'd like people to go back on demand and watch it, but I'm going to say it. Two of the people, one was a young man who suffered from diabetes, ended up passing away shortly after that, was filmed, and the other woman who had stage 4 cancer and didn't know it ended up passing away as well, um, of stage 4 brain and lung cancer, um, which is which just broke my heart. I mean, which broke my heart. This is why our society... And this Affordable Care Act is just broken. It is broken. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not working. I mean, it's not working for those extremely poor people. My heart goes out to them. I could be one of those people in a heartbeat.
0: I could- Oh, yeah. I mean, millions of us could. It's just, you know, a paycheck away from being unemployed anymore. And, you know, exactly. that's the situation and- a lot of these people were in. Even, you know, even if they did have minimum wage jobs, That wasn't enough. It's not enough to be able to pay these premiums.
1: Oh, absolutely not. And I agree with you. And I meant to say just, yeah, there are millions of people out there in that same situation. There are millions of people that just live on minimum wage and live in a small atmosphere or three or four people live together, you know, in a place and they share the responsibilities and they share the food. It's almost like going back to communing in the
0: sixties. Right. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a situation that is definitely, it's not going to be fixed overnight. I mean, I don't know what the solutions are. I'm with you. I don't know who does know what the solutions are. And, I would love to speak to someone who has a solution for this because as as we baby boomers have come to the the age where the bodies aren't keeping up with the mind or the mind isn't keeping up with the body or both, um, you know, affordable medical care is a thing of the past there. It's unfortunately, even when you do have the policy, a lot of Medical clinics, a lot of hospitals, a lot of doctors don't take it. That's correct. And you
1: want to hear the real kicker? That really, um, I didn't know, this was last year, that was another reason that made me so discouraged, was that um, Johns Hopkins um, didn't take my insurance. And I was on Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Gold. I mean, I was on their best policy, which is what I would have been on again this year um, to help benefit fit me but you know like i said earlier it doesn't matter whether you're on a four hundred dollar policy a three hundred dollar policy a five six seven hundred dollar policy bottom line is still the same i mean it is still the same you have to pay that deductible you have to pay everything out front and i just don't know how americans are doing it and that's why i wanted to have my voice heard and i would love to delilah have welcome some advocates you know into our conversation to say hey and some senators and some people in Washington to say hey let's work on a fix because I am the average human being out there in our society and um and I and I'd like to get somewhere with this I just don't want to stop at chatter I really like to, would like to move it forward
0: well that's a good point and if there's any listeners out there who um would like to get in on the conversation, or would like to um, offer some solutions, debate some solutions, talk about it. Because if we don't have the dialogue, if nothing gets settled. You know, there. It's interesting the the newspaper article or the the interview that you did with the newspaper. All of the comment section. It was, you know. People come out of the woodwork of all different type, and some people had some very valid points and other people really didn't. So, you know, we have to find a common ground. We have to find a middle meeting point where solutions are offered that are are viable, that can actually, information that can actually be used to to make the situation better. So, yeah, if, if you, anyone out there would like to talk about this I'll be happy to put you on the air. Contact me. Um, you can email me at Delilah, D-E-L-I-L-A-H, at com, and I will be happy to put you on the air.
1: That's awesome, Delilah. And like I said, I would love to get some executives with some insurance companies. I'd like to get some uh, politicians um i'd like I'd like to get a lot of different people out there you know that have the power to make a change. you know everyday guests are great, and thank you for having me on but I really like to see some powerful people pick up on this and help help make a change, help make a change in our United States of America, the land that I love um because it's certainly hurting a lot of people,
0: a lot of right. people well, you know again. How, how is this decision that you've made, how is it going to affect the ability for your medical care? It, you know, I know that you have to visit doctors on a pretty regular basis. Now, are these doctors going to just charge you for visits and so forth, or is there some way that you can get discounted rates? Or How, how are you going to handle this?
1: Well, um, funny you should ask. I did, um, I'm in conversation with one of my doctors about writing all my prescriptions for me that I need, which they could do, and just seeing one doctor, even though they're not a specialist in all of my needs, um, that that will help me a little bit um, going mm-hmm. forward, um, you know, with issues existing that I have in other areas with my health, um, such as, you know, a colon and bladder issues. Um, we'll just have to wait and see on that. I'll just have to, I'll just really hate to say it, let the chips fall where they may and pay as I go kind of thing.
0: Right, right. Well, you know, this is this is a topic that's going to be debated in the political arena for quite some time, and especially especially because this is an election year. But, however, as we... As we hear about this, as we watch video, watch the news, and we read about all the debated points in our healthcare system, um, and and debating the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies, they all are going to have to line up here, uh, and and Americans are just falling through the cracks. They're dying for a lack of true, affordable medical care. They're going outside of the country on a medical vacation i you know I know of several different places, so, as we close out the show, is there one last thing that you would like to give the listeners to hang on to? um Is there really hope in our country for something that you know we feel is a right, I guess to have medical care that is not only comprehensive and good but also affordable?
1: Well, Delilah, one of the things that have always kept me and sustained me is positive mental attitude. I believe once you go to the dark side, you never come back. So I'm trying to be very positive mental attitude on this situation um, with our society, with the healthcare system. But like I said, it's so broken, the only way to fix it is to get a group of people together that are going to listen and not just do the talk-talk, um, as you all well know, because talk-talk is there, on let's make a difference. And I think the more people that stand up in our society and challenge it, like I'm going to bat and challenging it and trying to be an advocate to make things better, um, I need help. I would like to see some help here, and um, that's that's
0: that's all I have to say in closing. Well, I I thank you for putting yourself out there to the public because I know it's not an easy thing to do to stand up for what's right and to stand up for yourself with nobody else around you. Um, so I I hope in, and especially in your area, the other people will come together with you and take a stand and and get the dialogue going and keep it going until, you know, the powers that be make some changes. Well, thanks for joining this episode of Imagine Publicity on Air. And in the future, join me for more. I, I Every every once in a while, we come up with something that we feel listeners would benefit from, just as this show is. And um, I hope that next time you'll be around. See you then. Bye. Thank you, Dolly.